games in the regular season. Um, we won our division, finished one game from the World Series. Um, there's another series after this we'd like to be playing in, but um, you know, you put you do this again, and you put yourselves in these situations again. That, that's all you can ask. Way back, get up, get out of here, go! Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin, and this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show, 580 AM, 96.7 FM. We're streaming live anywhere at WKTYsports.com. I am your host, Grant Bills. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thanks for tuning in and making the Wisco Sports Show a part of your Monday evening. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, not going to lie, rough weekend. Uh, it was a long weekend. It was very restful. I had a good time. Uh, I hope you did as well. But the Brewers season tragically coming to an end on Saturday night. I want to dig into that and everything about that game uh, as we kick off the show today. Is You know, it's pretty crazy to think, right? We spent the last 162, 163 days of the regular season paying attention to the Brewers, watching the Brewers. That's a long time. That's a long time. And it's it's funny because when the NFL season wraps up, right, we have, you know, 17 weeks of regular season. There's a bye in there somewhere. And, you know, a bunch of Sundays, maybe a Thursday and a Monday here and there, and a playoff game or two on average. But, I mean, 163 games. It's a lot of days. It's a lot of time to invest into a team. And for and for those Brewer fans out there, and it's, it might not be the majority of Brewers fans who sit down and watch or listen to just about every game, that's a lot of time invested. And to, and to have that end, uh, especially the way that it did on Saturday in just gut-wrenching fashion, it's pretty tough. Um, and because of that, uh, we need to talk about it today, and we need to start to get some closure on this MLB season. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. We're going to be talking about it. I think what made Saturday's loss, Game 7 loss to the Dodgers, so hard to swallow, and I don't know, maybe you are on the same page as me with this. I, I I have never been more wrong, and I don't bet on sports, you know, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't do a pick em. like we have a pick em here at the station, I don't, I don't want the show to be about trying to predict who's going to win which game. You understand? Like, I, I don't think that that's very important. I don't think that's necessary and important to this show. Me being a good enough sports mind to be able to say, okay, I think this team is going to win. I think this is how it's going to go down. That's part of it, and that's a fun conversation to have. On Saturday, regarding the Brewers, I was so confident. I, w- I was so confident. I thought the Brewers were going to go in on Saturday night. They were going to roll into Miller Park, and it would be rocking, and it was. And I thought they were going to steamroll over the Dodgers. I thought Shasin was going to... Continue to pitch well. He only had to go four innings, maybe five, and then the bullpen would take it the rest of the way. I thought there was no way the Dodgers were coming out of Miller Park on Saturday night with a win. You can ask any of my friends, ask my roommates, ask people here at work. I It was a lock in my mind that the Brewers were headed to the World Series for the first time since 1982. And I, I, I've never been more wrong about a game. I didn't think there was a, a possibility of the Dodgers winning that game. I am such a believer in momentum in sports, and I've seen it time and time again in playoff series. Take you back to 2015. Example in the in the, uh, in the in the NBA Finals. I almost said the WNBA. And then in the NBA Finals between the Cavs and the Warriors. Remember, the Warriors go up 3-1. And it seems like the Warriors have all the momentum in the world because they did at the time. And then the Cavs win a game or two and all of a sudden you feel like the pressure's back on the Warriors. And the Cavs are playing loose. They're playing with nothing to lose. And they have all the momentum going into Game 7. I thought that was the exact situation with the Brewers on Saturday. 
I thought if they could just win in Game 6 and force a Game 7, there's no way that being at home at Miller Park, that crowd, and everything as a part of that season leading up to Saturday night, I thought there was no way that the Brewers lose. And I was I was wrong. And I think that made it even, even tougher to swallow on Saturday night. So we're going to continue to talk about, uh, well, there's so much to talk about, and I want you guys to help me out with that too. 608-796-2558. Obviously, we're going to talk about Saturday's game, but I think in the grand scheme of things, there's much more important things that need to be discussed, and including you know, the season as a whole. I want to get reactions about that, and the postseason as a whole. They want to quite the run at the end, going all the way back to August, it feels like. And we can talk about that and some of our favorite moments as well, but then, of course, we can always look forward. We can always keep looking forward, and when when baseball season is extra month, as it did for Brewers fans this year, which is a little bit rare, the offseason's even shorter, so we can start to talk about next season, we can already start to be excited about it. Look, I don't know how to feel about this game. I, I came onto the show today, and, and I'm cracking this mic, and I'm talking to you all because I, I want you to help me. I, I, this is something we need to decide together. Are we angry? Are we sad? Are we excited for next year? It's it's tough. I think it's it's a little bit of both. On Saturday night... It's a good thing I didn't have to come in here and do a show. It's a good thing I was doing a post-game show. That was tough. And it was a tough pill to swallow. Especially coming against a large market teams. And now, Brewers fans, we can look at the World Series and say, oh, okay, Dodgers, Red Sox, sweet. Are you going to watch it? I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I will watch any. Now that the, now that the NBA is back and the, N, the NFL, of course, is going on, I, I don't feel the need to go looking for sports entertainment. There's plenty of it to be had. I, I do not care who wins this World Series. And it's not out of spite. It's not out of salt. If there was a team that I even halfway gave a damn about in the World Series, then I'd watch, and I would love to come on the air and talk about it, and we could do that. Do you guys care? Dodgers, Red Sox, who gives a damn? Two of the largest markets in sports. It's not a new story on either side. The Dodgers have been there how many times in the last couple of years? The Red Sox have won multiple World Series in my lifetimes, although you know the whole narrative will be, well, they went over 100 years without winning a World Series. Well, that's their own fault, <laughs> okay? Same with, same with the Cubs. They're ever, well, we went 100 years without a World Series. Well, that was your fault. You're a huge market in a league without a salary cap. You should be able to figure out how to win some playoff games. Same thing with the Red Sox, okay? I don't feel pity for either one of these fan bases. I don't feel like there's like either one of these fan bases or teams or organizations or cities has been starved to win a championship like I feel the way Milwaukee has. I just don't care. Now that the Brewers are out of it, I for us, we feel like the Brewers are the most compelling story in baseball when they make the playoffs because it's fascinating. It's a team that's never there. It's a city that has some of the most loyal and, and I mean, the, the fans are on fire all the time. Whether they're winning or losing, it's the same with the Bucks, same with the Brewers. They're always ready to go. And, and contrary to what people around the country believe, they put a lot of butts in seats at Miller Park. There's a huge following of this team. And that's only just expounded when they make the playoffs. And that's why I think there's such a fascinating story when they do, in fact, make the playoffs and they go on a run like this. Now, the rest of the country might say, okay, well, we don't really want a small market team. Nobody cares except for the people in Milwaukee. And, and we want the Dodgers. They have the star players. They have Clayton Kershaw and Machado and Puig. I, I don't care. I, I don't at all. Looking to this World Series, the, the Red Sox were fantastic all year. Mookie Betts is unreal. They have great arms. They got a good bullpen. I, I don't care. And I, I don't care if they win. I don't care if the Dodgers win. I might not watch a single game. I might play Fortnite with Scrady. Maybe that's what we'll do when the World Series is on. And like I said, it's not out of spite. It's not out of frustration at the Dodgers. Played a hell of a series. And to win Game 7 in Miller Park and play the way that they did is incredibly admirable. And we'll continue to talk about that as the show goes on. It's not out of spite. I think Machado's a dirty player. I think he's a D-bag. But it's not out of spite. I just I don't care. If the Athletics would have made it, oh, I'd be watching. If the Rockies made it, I'd be watching that. But Red Sox, Dodgers, just, I don't care. 
I don't care at all. So that's my uh, that's my World Series take. We'll continue to follow that story as it goes along. There was a busy weekend, uh, even though the Packers didn't play. The Badgers get back on track, and we'll touch on that as well. Look, Lacrosse Central had a huge win on Friday, and I do want to touch on that a little bit as the show rolls on. Um, they impressed, and I was able to be at that game. I was doing the broadcast on Friday night with Drew Kelly as well, uh, and we got to talk about that because Cross Central's got a squad, and they got some fun players on offense, and I want to talk about that coming up. The Vikings looked good yesterday as well. I know this is called the Wisco Sports Show, and, and we have some promos and some liners uh, that specifically say that no Vikings are allowed on this program, but the Packers are on bye week, and I got a couple of thoughts on the Vikings that I think are interesting, um, and I did actually enjoy sitting down and watching the Vikings yesterday. Uh, I, I think they're a fascinating team, and I think they're really intriguing going forward. And it was a really interesting opportunity for me, a Packers fan, and, and somebody who's, you know, comes in here and talks about the Packers on the show. It was an interesting situation to be able to not worry about the Packers and to sit down and both watch the Vikings and the Bears play in, in non-divisional games and really try to get an assessment of where this division is after a couple of weeks. So we'll prep for more NFL talks to come this week as well. The Bucks are 2-0. I don't really want to talk about it too yet. Or too much yet. There's a lot of season left, and I'm still trying to get my feet under me in terms of the Bucks. But uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on that you might have missed with the Brewers playing this weekend, and that's understandable. So we'll get into all of that coming up on the Wisco Sports Show. But right now, I'm taking your pulse as the Brewers fall in Game Seven of the World Series. And I, I what do you say? How do you feel? Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. The Five Star Telecom talking text line. I hope to be hearing from you all show long regarding your Milwaukee Brewers as their season wrapped up on Saturday. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show to come here with me, your host, Grant Bills, on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on. I'm your host, Grant Bills. We're talking Brewers. Uh, no surprise as they wrap up their season in heartbreaking fashion on Saturday. One game short of the World Series, falling to the Dodgers 5-1. to one. And I'm asking you, I'm asking for your help, because I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Am I supposed to be mad, angry? Am I supposed to be sad? I know a lot of people are talking about excitement for the years to come as well, so help me out. We're going to the five-star telecom talk and text line. Dale in Toma. Dale, please help me out here. All right. It was a great season for the Brewers. I mean, it's exciting, and that was great. It was disappointing that they lost, you wanted to see them win it and get to the World Series, but uh, they haven't done it for a long time, and, and uh, you know, I think Craig Council on the news has said it well, enjoyed enjoyed the ride, and we all enjoyed it. I, I think it was a super year and fun, and then certainly no reason to be disappointed. So for you, there's there's no anger at a, a specific thing or, or something that they need to do better in the oh, playoffs? No. Okay. No, they, you know, maybe they need, I know if you listen to shows and they say they need this or that, and maybe they need starting pitching, but you know, I think Council did a great job as a coach, and the Brewers put it together. People were excited, and and uh, you know, people got a chance to go to more games for another month and cheer and have a good time, and you know, everybody kind of unified. So it's a, uh, you know, like sports, all sports, it's it's fun. You kind of hope the outcome's always good, but it's not that way. Wow, Dale, that is uh, that is some fantastic perspective. Thank you for your much needed positivity on the Wisco Sports Show today. You can call in and chime in just like Dale did. Um, and, and if you got good stuff like that, holy smokes, 608-796-2558. Uh, we got some text as well. A um, couple things for me, it says, hold on, I got to count them up. Is it just me? Uh, is it just me not following baseball as much anymore? Or are the stars of the MLB not as well known as the Jeters, A-Rods, Pujols, and David Ortiz's of the past? I think that's, I think that's very true. MLB, and, and we talk about them not being able to market their stars, uh, Mike Trout, probably the best example. Uh, let's talk about that for sure. Number two, Brewers losing the series hurts more because they could have gotten 
Uh, they should have or could have won games two and four. I agree 100%. He says they were Jeffress not being terrible and a Bellinger diving catch away from sweeping the Dodgers. Okay, first of all, uh, let's start with the Brewers point because I think that's fantastic. Thank you for chiming in on the five-star telecom talk and text line. The Brewers could have swept the Dodgers, and I, and I 100% agree with you and, and believe in that sentiment. I was at game two. Uh, some of you may have been on that bus trip with uh, with us. I was able to get down to that game with my dad, and, and it was really cool just to see Miller Park. I'm, I'm not going to complain that they lost the game. That was a great opportunity to go and experience some playoff baseball. But they could have, most people would argue they should have won that game. They had a 3 to nothing lead after the fifth inning. Uh, all season long, we saw the Brewers basically never lose those games. That's a game that the Brewers, the way their roster is constructed and the way that bullpen is put together, that's not a game they're supposed to lose. Now, the Dodgers are an incredible team, and it only takes one mistake, uh, I don't know, for a game to switch around and for a series to switch around. I agree. Bellinger lets that ball get away, and in, he had a couple catches in this series that really were were game changers. They could have swept the Dodgers, and I 100% agree, and that's why it is frustrating, and I think that's why it hurts more. If they would have gotten swept in four games, then I think it's easier to go with Dale's approach and say, look, they had a great season. You have to appreciate it for what it is. Um, it didn't turn out the way you wanted. It was a sad ending. They didn't make it to the World Series, but we need to appreciate what was. I think that approach is a lot easier to take when you just look at the big picture and you don't actually dive into, okay, where did things go wrong for the Brewers? Let's look at game two. Let's look at, uh, uh, what was it, game four and five, of which they lost both. They won two of the first three and then three, and then they lost, um, what was it, three of four or whatever it was. Uh, th- that's awful math. Don't don't count me on that. Two things you said. Number one, the Brewers losing the series hurts. I think it's easier uh, to be happy about it when you don't look at the details. When you dig into those games and when you look at those results, I couldn't agree more. I think it is frustrating because I think Brewers fans and baseball fans and people who understand what's going on. I'm not saying that those who are who are positive about this don't understand what's going on, but for those of you who really look at what happened in the series and watched every game of the Brewers season, it's really easy to say, wow, they, they had this. This game was there for them to win, and they just couldn't do it. And that doesn't take anything away from the Dodgers, doesn't take anything away from the Brewers, but it was a game and and a couple games and some series, or this series, excuse me, that they should have won. I'm getting all choked up and tripping over my words because it is that frustrating uh, that the Brewers unable to secure a couple of those wins, and and they could have swept the Dodgers. I saw that sentiment going around as well. Let's go back to the five-star telecom talking text line because obviously I am incapable of forming thoughts due to my frustration and and my feelings. Uh, Caller, what do you think about this Brewers-Dodgers series? I kind of go with the guy that talked to you in the very beginning there. Um, they outdid anything that anybody expected this year. So the way I look at it, I'm super optimistic for next year. They know where their weaknesses are now. They can work work on that and get it taken care of. So I'm really anticipating something good next year. You So you're ready for uh, for the next step, and, and you're looking for another playoff push next year. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, Definitely. They uh, they far exceeded what everybody thought was going to happen this year. And I mean, if you're disappointed in it, you're crazy. All I mean, right. <laughs> this has been the best thing that's happened to Milwaukee baseball in a long, long time. I, I don't disagree. I think it was a really good series. I think it was great for the Brewers. I think it was great for Wisconsin. But when you sit down and... and you look at some of these games, and I think you're just echoing what uh, what Dale said earlier on in this segment and in what we're working towards is it was a great series. It was a great run by this Brewers team, and that's what Craig Council said. I played it to begin the show. It was one of the best things to happen the Brewers in a long time, one of their best seasons. Well, their best season in my lifetime, their greatest since 1982, and they actually did make the World Series. They did expe- exceed expectations. I don't... 
did they exceed expectations? I, I think they did, but the expectations for this Brewers team were pretty high. Now, I think they got uh, some surprises. They were surprised by how good Yoli Shasin was and how good Wade Miley was. And I think they found some gems in that bullpen that they originally didn't start the year with. So going along those lines, yeah, I think they probably did outseed expectations. But this, I mean, let's face it. We expected this team to win some games. We expected them to contend for the playoffs. And when those games are there to be won, I think there's reason to have expectations that those games should be won. And when you look at how the Dodgers series went down, you know, there were opportunities to win that game. Go back to the five-star telecom talking text line, 608-796-2558. You're telling me how to feel today. Caller, what, what should I think? What should I feel? I think you should feel sad and disappointed because in the extra inning game, the new style of baseball failed the Brewers. They had a runner on second with no outs, could have bunted him to third because the next batter hit a long fly to center, which would have scored the go-ahead run at 2-1, to one, and the game would have never gone to extra innings. So you, you think if the Brewers can just... They could just play a little better small ball. Is that what I'm hearing? That's I, I'm getting a huge vibe from people saying that on Twitter, especially directed at KTY. they got to play small ball. That's what you're saying? Well, they should have. In that instance, they should have. It's a tight game. The pitching was great. I mean, let's face it, both uh, the pitching staffs were unbelievable. And to have the opportunity um, in the middle of the game to be tied like that and to not take the bunt and put the guy on third with what happened – it was the extra inning game could have and should have been won. Disappointing they couldn't score the runs in uh, the uh, seventh game, but that's baseball and that happens. Great pitching is going to be great hitting. Everybody knows that. Yep. They've been saying it for decades. But that's my thought on it. Other than that, it was a fantastic season, way beyond anybody's expectations. Thanks. Yeah, I think that's a good caveat to always add is, you know, it way surpassed my expectations. It surpassed everyone's expectations. Um, there were a lot of players that came out of nowhere. Now, we had expectations this year that the Brewers were going to be pretty good. They were going to contend for the postseason. I think we were all in agreement there. They had Yelich and Kane, and and they do all these things. We knew Josh Hader was pretty good, and they had some arms in that bullpen. Don't get me wrong. We had expectations. Nobody thought that probably they were going to make it to the World Series, but you saw those opportunities. Like that last caller said, runners on second base with nobody out. That happened a couple of times in Game 7. And they just can't get those runs home. you got to be able to play small ball sometimes. And I think that's the one thing that this Brewers team needs uh, needs to improve. And I want to talk about strikeouts coming up here in a little bit. Let's go back to the five-star telecom, a talk and text line. People want to share their opinion today. Brewers lose in Game 7. Caller, what do you think about the season? I think it was a great season. Uh, I think uh, they surpassed expectations, which probably made it a little bit less intimidating to go into the postseason, knowing that you've already surpassed what you expected yeah i think next year the expectations will be higher which means it'll be harder even though the cubs will probably be favored because they spend twice as much than we do but uh, a great season but i did have a couple observations because from our call on friday um i want to go back to the fact that we thought aguar shouldn't have played on game six yeah and then he ends up being the hero so i have to eat some crow on that one but I do want to go to Game 7. I, have, I still have a hard time understanding what Council was doing with his pitching by bringing in Hayter as the second pitcher and then bringing in Jeffress after that, and then, you know, it all collapsed from there. So great season, but yet Council still confused me throughout the series, and albeit he hit it right on the head on Game 6 with Aguiar, he confused the heck out of me on Game 7 with his pitching subs. Yeah, I think it's probably easier... 
to look at that in confusion, obviously, because it didn't work. I mean, the Brewers didn't win the game. He did explain a little bit why he went to Hater, and you know what? We'll we'll hear that answer from the press conference coming up next. I think that'll be good for everybody um, because he did bring in Hater mighty early. I believe he came in, Shasin pitched two innings, and then it was Josh Hater. I, I think the fear for Craig Council and the fear for Brewers fans and, and other coaches in that dugout was you let the game get out of hand without ever using Josh Hader. If you wait until the seventh inning and it's 5-1, to one, well, what are you doing? And, and it goes back to the conversation we've had on the show a couple of times about making the other team beat your best player. If the Dodgers are going to score five runs, I want them to do it against Josh Hader. They need to hit Josh Hader in order to beat the Brewers. And I think that's probably Craig Council's mentality. He approached that game like a nine, like a nine inning series, right? Or a nine, a nine inning season, excuse me. That was their season right there. And if you save Josh Hader and the game gets out of hand before you have a chance to use him, I think it's pretty easy to point fingers then that Josh Hader should have pitched earlier. Now, of course, it didn't work out. Hader pitched well, but but then things started to loosen up a little bit, and Jeffers ended up surrendering that home run. And then Brandon Woodruff and a couple other guys were used in relief. But, you know, looking at Game 7, it's easy to, to pick apart moves on what you would have done differently. I think if it works, obviously we're not talking about it. And I think that's just something good to remember. But you and I both, sir, have to eat crow about the Jesus Aguilar thing. I tweeted about that on Friday night. Just saying, yeah, and to think we all wanted to bench this guy for a game. He he showed out when they needed him in Game 6. Struggled a little bit in Game 7, but that is the nature of baseball, as another caller mentioned as well. Fantastic participation today on the 5 Star Telecom Talk and Text Line from all of you. Thank you very much for helping me out. Because on a day like today, I'm not 100% sure. I, I'm, a little frustra- I'm a little frustrated. I'm a little confused. I'm a little excited. I'm all over the place. So so hearing from you all and in you know, we can we can start to look towards next season with a little more optimism and a little bit more direction. So thank you all for that. Coming up next, I want to talk about a couple other things. The Brewers talk will matriculate, I guess, throughout the show as it uh, as their season wraps up. That, that needs to be talked about. I want to talk about a couple of things from this weekend, including the Badgers win. I want to check in. Let's have a Badgers check in. Let's call it that. They won on Saturday. They didn't look great doing it, although the score... You know, they, they eventually got it done uh, playing in the snow here. I want to talk about how the Bucks they they're off to a fast start. I don't want to get into, you know, crazy detail about the Bucks, but we'll pay them a little lip service and then we'll talk about maybe where they're going this year. As you can hear their uh, game, uh, their third game of the season tonight here on WKTY. Lacrosse Central also had a huge win on Friday night. We'll get into that. The Vikings impressed Packers fans. Are you impressed? Or have you yet to uh, see more from this Vikings team yet? I'm not sure. We'll talk about it all coming up next year on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Maybe you're streaming at WKTYsports.com or listening via our killer mobile app. Uh, however you're listening, thanks for tuning in, and thank you for the participation today as well. As the Brewers kind of wrap up their season and we start to uh, look back on the season that was as exciting and as memorable as it was, a little bit of disappointment regarding how it ended uh, but that doesn't mean we can't be thankful and can't appreciate what they did throughout the season as well. So fantastic action on the phones. Thank you so much for everybody who chimed in. And we can keep that going. We did have a caller ask about council strategy, and you don't really know why Hader came in so early and why he pulled Shasin. Well, let's actually go to the press conference because Craig Council was asked the same thing. I think this will be good uh, to maybe we can get inside the mind of Craig Council and, and hear how he approached that. Well, you know, I guess I would say because, you know, you're looking at the game as a, as a nine inning season and um we were losing the game at that point you know and so we had to we went we had to go to our best guy and we had to try to keep the game there as long as we could we did 
Um, we, we weren't able to score, unfortunately. We had pitching for the game, so we didn't need length from Ulysses today. That's not necessarily what we needed. Obviously, it, it always helps, but it was as you can see how the game kind of manifested. We didn't need the length necessarily. Um, so it, it just, you know, to me, it was with the two lefties at the top of the order there, you know, it was time for Josh. Just a little bit of logic there, not only regarding uh, regarding the best player, but you said the two lefties were coming up. I think that made the decision a little bit easier. If you're going to go to Hader, you might as well go to him now. Um, and he said, it's time to get to our best player, and that's Josh Hader. Because when you're down one run and, and you feel like maybe the game's about to get away from you, I, I don't necessarily know if that's how Craig Council felt. That's how Joe Buck and John Smoltz felt. I don't think that was the situation of the game at the time. It was a one-run game, and I think the game felt well in hand for all those who were at the park and all the players involved. But I, I do think there is something to be said for, you need to get your best player in the game. And that's where baseball is unique from from basketball or from football. Not every player starts. Uh, bullpen pitchers don't start. Maybe there's a pinch hitter, a pinch runner, uh, a platoon player that doesn't get a start on today, And they might not be... That might not be because they're worse than everyone else. It might just not be their day to go. It might not be their matchup. And in baseball, you have to find a way to get your best players involved in the game. And that's the the challenge that Craig Council was working with all year. And I think because of that, because it was that was their season. He said it's a nine inning season. We need to win that game. You got to get your best player in the game because if you wait and you give up that three run home run before Hater comes in, well now the game's out of hand. And and it got out of hand without your best player ever seeing the field. And I think that then becomes a problem. So for those of you, and myself included, who maybe questioned or were confused or needed to do some thinking about Craig Council's pitching management during Game 7, look, I don't have a problem with the way Craig Council managed that game at all. His, his players just couldn't hit the ball. They just couldn't. There were some people that were upset that Jonathan Scope got the pinch hit with runners on before Domingo Santana. I understand, because at that point, it was only a one-run game. If he, If he strikes out... The game's by no means over. If you use Domingo Santana there, who's one of your most important weapons, one of your most important players, who can really dictate and force the hands of the Dodgers manager in their bullpen in the end of a game, I think it did make sense to save Domingo Santana at the time because you weren't, it wasn't, you know, score runs or lose at that point. It was early on in the game. So I I understand, I do. I might have used Curtis Granderson instead because to be completely honest, Jonathan Scope ain't been too good. He He was not good at all. Uh, his best week of baseball and his best time playing baseball this year was before he was ever on this Brewer squad. So if you want to whine about anything, uh, maybe there's you have a bone to pick there. But otherwise, I, I think, look, Craig Council put the roster out there. He put the players out there, and they just didn't get it done. The Dodgers did, and the Brewers didn't. And I think that was just the nature of that game. So there you go. You heard it from the, the horse's mouth himself. Craig Council talking about getting his best player on the field and, and maybe his reasoning for pulling Yoli Shasin just a bit early. Other than the Milwaukee Brewers, it was a pretty good weekend all around for Wisconsin sports fans uh, and, and sports fans here in the Cooley region as well. Some local action really going well. I said Central had a huge win on Friday night, and we had a text on the five-star telecom talking text line that Sparta had a great win as well. Look, to be honest, Sparta might have had a more impressive win than Lacrosse Central. Sparta got it done uh, uh, on the road, nobody really believed that that was going to happen. So Sparta got it done, a really impressive win from a team that really nobody expected anything out of. Sparta not only went up to Ashland, which is up on the north coast. Oh, that's a couple-hour drive. Look, I grew up in Menominee, and that's about three hours, two and a half hours south of Superior and Ashland. you got to tack on a couple extra hours to get down here from the Cooley region. They blew out Ashland 36-8, to and we will talk about that and, and what local action is left to come here in the couple of weeks uh, as we start to wrap up the show. But right now, I, I kind of want to put a capstone on the Brewers chatter. I want to talk about a couple of things. It's going to be kind of a potpourri segment here. Uh, I do want to talk about the Badgers just because they did get another win Look, when the Badgers lost to BYU, 
I'm not going to be honest. Uh, a lot of people were saying, okay, well, I'm done watching the Badgers. They don't interest me that much at all. Uh, and, and that might just, you know, they're going to be background noise for the rest of the fall, right? Especially because the Brewers were playing so well. And I don't necessarily blame people for that. And at the time, I said, are you guys crazy? The, this team can, can still chase a really, really good season in a competitive conference and try to get to a really good bowl game. If not, try to win out. Heck, why not? And try to make the college football playoff. You never know how things are going to go, right? Well, look, I think I was lying to myself because I was watching the Wisconsin game on Saturday and this team just doesn't excite me. They just don't, they don't get my heart pounding. They don't get me up out of my chair. They don't get me pounding my fist like the Brewers did. There just wasn't a whole lot there for me with the Badgers. And I'll watch them. I'll watch every game. I might go to a game here in the upcoming weeks as well. I don't know. I'm going to watch this game. I'm going to cheer, but it just does not feel the same as it did last year or the year before. And I don't know why. They got the win 49-20 to against Illinois at home on Saturday. They're playing in the snow. It was a fun game to watch in terms of that. But Alex Hornibrook, look, just another meh performance. 13-22 for 188 yards. He did throw for three touchdowns, but he threw two picks as well. I just, I, I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where... I don't think Alex Hornibrook can be what we all were hoping he could be. Look, we've had frustrations with Hornibrook for the last two years and the mistakes that he made, but it has always been with a caveat that, all right, they're developing him. He's young, and he's going to learn to read the field better. He's going to learn to see the field better and to make better decisions, and it hasn't happened. It just hasn't. Alex Hornibrook has not improved. He's shown flashes here and there. He's played really well. Don't get me wrong. The Orange Bowl last year, he was tremendous. He He played pretty well against Iowa earlier this year. But I'm not willing to be okay with one good game surrounded and sandwiched between six duds where it doesn't look like he knows how to play the position. I get it. He's a college kid. That's fine. I'm not personally hating on him. I don't, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or the Wisconsin needs to get rid of him. But, you know, he's on scholarship to play football at Wisconsin, and I don't think players are beyond criticism. Uh, and because of that, look, this, this Badgers team just doesn't get my heart racing. Jonathan Taylor had a day, 27 carries for 159 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns. Taiwan Deal took care of that. He got both of them. And uh, Ingold had a touchdown as well. Look, that this team just doesn't interest me. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about them. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to watch. But right now, the Packers, I find the Packers fascinating. I found the Brewers fascinating. And I will through the offseason and into next year. I enjoy the Bucks. I'm glad basketball's back. The, the Badgers basketball team just had their red-white scrimmage the other day. That got me hyped for what maybe uh, could be another fun season. And hopefully they look to get back to the, the NCAA tournament. And into March Madness. But this Badger football team is 5-2. and two. They're ranked 23rd in the country. And from where we went five weeks ago, where we went five weeks ago to this team is one of the best five or six teams in the country. They have a dominant offensive line that will road grade everybody and punch them straight in the jaw. And Jonathan Taylor could very well win a Heisman this year. And he's going to run for 200 yards a game. And this receiving core is, is tremendous. And this defense is young, but Jim Leonard coaches with energy and enthusiasm. And they're going to play really well. And they're going to play with their hair on fire. And Paul Christ is, is the best coach that I've seen in my lifetime. And I love him. And I love what he's doing with this program. Look, they're 5-2. and two. They're still ranked. They're still a top 25 team. But where we went from, from five weeks ago, six weeks ago with that Badger team to where we are now has been a night and day difference. And I can't imagine I'm the only one. I heard uh, some of you on the phone calls, some of you on Twitter, and then just listening to other stations as well and other uh, media people about this Badgers team. At some point, there's just too much going on. With the Brewers being good and the Packers being the Packers and the Bucks are opening a new arena, if you're a Bucks fan, there's just only so much attention to go around and Wisconsin has underwhelmed at nearly every juncture this season. Yeah, they took care of Illinois, 49-20. to 20. Illinois also had five turnovers in the first half. Yeah, yeah they, they had five turnovers in the first half. They played awful. They were miserable. That's just how it went. 
lot of uh, a lot of excuse me five combined turnovers. They had three turnovers in the first half. Five combined. My bad. So yeah, that was that was the the Badger experience on Saturday. It was kind of cool to watch him play in the snow. I'm not gonna lie. I got a text from Dave. Uh, on uh, on Friday and said, hey, Grant, we got some Badger tickets there in the studio if you want to take them. And I'm, I'm looking at the weather. I'm like, oh, man. Do I really want to go see them play a mediocre team and, and probably not play that well and probably not do anything amazing and, and then get snowed on on top of it? So if you were at the game on Saturday, uh, you toughed it out. That's for darn sure. Uh, the Badgers get another win and they move to 5-2. and two. Uh, The upcoming schedule for the Badgers, let's just take a peek ahead while we're on the subject, shall we? Uh, Next week, they got Northwestern. They're in Evanston, which just, it just has a bad smell to it. I I already feel uncomfortable about this game. Uh, It seems like that they're barely going to escape with a win. Uh, Well, they're going to play bad either way, I think. They always do in Evanston, and that's kind of the nature of that team and what they do to you. Uh, That's coming up. They also have Rutgers, but then they have to go to Penn State and to Purdue in back-to-back weeks. By the way, do you see what Purdue did to Ohio State on Saturday? Oh, my God. And it wasn't like, okay, Ohio State had an off day. You know, Penn, or Purdue just got lucky a couple of times. They they punched Ohio State in the mouth, and they beat them. They beat them for four straight quarters. And that's going to shake up the Big Ten. They got to go to Penn State, to Purdue, and then host Minnesota in the final game of the year. This Badgers team has got a, got some matchups in front of them if they want to take advantage. Um, but the best now they can do is end the season a two-loss team. And Iowa currently with the inside track. To, uh, to the Big Ten West. So until that changes, the Badgers are going to have to win some games or they're not even going to be playing in the Big Ten Championship game because Iowa's going to represent them. Uh, so Iowa fans, if you're listening, you know, <laughs> let's uh, let's prepare for a, a run down the stretch here because it, uh, it could be interesting with this Badgers team sitting at two losses right now. When we come back, I want to wrap up the Brewers talk. I want to wrap up the Badgers talk. The Bucks are 2-0, by the way. And oh, also, we have a lot of fascinating local football action going on. Uh, some surprise, really good performances last week. And some people chiming in on the five-star telecom talk and text line about those games. And we'll look forward to this upcoming week and exactly what action is yet to come. Uh, and we'll cover all that and more here on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Final segment coming up on WKTY. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thank you for tuning in, taking a little bit of time out of Monday to join me and uh, and talk a little sports. Brewers wrap up their season on Saturday. Um, the end of a magical, fun, fantastic season that I don't think anybody expected. We expected this team to be good, but I don't know if anybody uh, was expecting that uh, or could have guessed that that was going to happen. But a little bit frustrating and a little bit unfortunate the way that it did wrap up because I think a lot of people thought the Brewers had that season, that series won. A couple different times, and we definitely had callers talking about that as well. Moving on, before we wrap up the show today, I want to talk about some local action. Uh, but first, I, and I played the, the liner during the last commercial break, just to make sure you guys, uh, if you tune in during the commercial break, I want you to know what show's going on, right? I want you to just wait around the corner before uh, before I get back on, and the liner says, no Vikings allowed, this is the Wisco Sports Show. Well, let's make an exception today, uh, because the Packers did have the weekend off. So let's talk a little bit of football. I actually watched the entire Vikings game yesterday, and I have a couple of confessions to make. Okay, so if they're Vikings fans listening out there, you're, you're probably going to like this. You'll, hopefully you'll like this, right? Hopefully you appreciate this. At the beginning of the season, uh, a couple things I was wrong about. Number one, Adam Thielen is a monster, okay? I, uh, I did a podcast, and I was doing some broadcasting stuff before the season started, uh, just getting ready for the NFL. And, and my take regarding Adam Thielen was I thought he was going to come back down to earth. I didn't think he was that good. My reason being, if you go undrafted and you go unrecruited for a reason, there's a reason, right? I mean, it, there's 
typically not great players who go without scholarships to Division One programs and then go undrafted. Now, you do find your gems every once in a while. Packers fans love to talk about guys like Sam Shields and, and guys like Tremont Williams who are late-round picks, right? There are those guys out there. They're few and far between, and, and typically when you go undrafted or you don't end up in a major league program or a Division One program, Power 5, there's a reason, right? Well, I could not have been more wrong about Adam Thielen. Major props to Adam Thielen, and he's in a situation right now where not only have the Vikings been able to... They've struggled to run the ball a little bit, due in part to Dalvin Cook's been in and out, and and their offensive line has been shifted around with some injuries, and they're still trying to figure that out and stiffen it up. And they're improving as the season goes on, uh, as most units in the NFL will, assuming you're getting healthier uh, and not worse injury-wise. Kirk Cousins has been slinging the ball everywhere, and Adam Thielen has caught every ball that he has seen. And number one, you're like, Grant, you're a Packers fan. Why do you sound so enthusiastic? Well, Adam Thielen is carrying my fantasy team by the hair. I mean, every week this man is showing out and I'm trying to win some money. Um, as much as I love doing this job and as much as I love going to school at UWL and, and getting a fantastic education and having fun, uh, not exactly financially, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, lucrative. That's the word I'm looking for. Ding, ding. There it is. Not exactly financially lucrative deals. Uh, so I could use a couple hundred bucks for my fantasy football league and Adam Thielen. It's pretty crazy. I believe Adam Thielen is my fourth round pick in our fantasy football draft. And I didn't want to pick him because I was like, well, I don't want to have to cheer for a Vikings player. I will, you know, if he's, if he falls and it's too good to be true, I'll always take a Vikings player, but I don't want to be in a position where I'm having to cheer against the Packers because that's my number one priority. Well, I took Adam Thielen because I thought it was a, a too good of a deal to pass up. And oh my gosh, can you imagine if, if everybody out there who plays fantasy football, if we all redid our fantasy football drafts, if we redid and redrafted, Adam Thielen would be a top 10 pick. How insane is that? Think about think a couple months ago taking Adam Thielen in the top 10. People would have thought you were insane. Yet look at what he's done this year, and, and it's been a fun story to watch. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a Vikings fan, uh, but he has been one impressive man uh, catching the football. A couple thoughts about the Vikings game yesterday. Uh, I was impressed not only with the Vikings, but I was pretty impressed with the Jets as well. They have a couple players on defense, including, and of course now I don't remember his name because I didn't write it down. I was like, I'm so confident I'm going to remember it. Uh, who, whoever was covering Stephon Diggs yesterday for the Jets uh, was a beast. And I talked to a couple of Vikings fans yesterday, and they were like, yeah, he was doing a killer job, both defending the pass and, and making tackles after Stephon Diggs made the catch because how many times have we seen Stephon Diggs catch one in space and then go a pile in terms of yards after the catch. Uh, he's been a beast, and he's so quick and slippery. And whoever, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. Vikings fans are probably saying, you're an idiot, and you know it. Well, I, I was watching the Vikings game pretty casually. I didn't take notes or anything yesterday, but really impressed by the Vikings. I was also impressed by Sam Darnold at times. He had some receivers who dropped balls yesterday, and I really think that hurt his cause. But the Vikings did take care of business against a lesser opponent, albeit on the road, and albeit uh, in between some pretty tough games and with some injuries and some missing players for the Vikings. So we'll continue what they uh, what they will do as the Packers get back into action next weekend. I'm not going to lie, and i got to admit, I halfway kind of enjoyed watching the Vikings play yesterday. I enjoyed watching Kirk Cousins throw the ball around the field, and I enjoyed watching that defense, and I also enjoyed the Jets. I think it was a very relaxing, uh, almost recreational weekend of football due to, in part, that the, the Packers didn't play, and I, I think I can sit down and watch uh, a random football game uh, with a little less stress, a little more real, relaxed, right? Maybe that was your uh, experience this weekend as well, but I did enjoy watching the Vikings, the Bears, and the Patriots. I Look, I don't want to, I'm not cheering against teams to cheer against teams. The Bears need to lose. The Packers want to keep pace in the division. The Bears needed to lose, and they did exactly that um, as much as I hate to cheer for the Patriots. So the Bears uh, lose, the Vikings win, and the Lions, uh, the, I believe the Lions won as well. So that's your NFC North update, although it was kind of uh, halfway done. I did enjoy watching those teams. 
I did enjoy it this weekend, and I'm, I'm excited for the Packers to get back into action in a tough matchup at Los Angeles next Sunday. So as the week goes on, we're going we're, we're gonna to get prepped for that game. We'll get some guests on, and we'll really get back into the Packers swing because I feel like for the past two or three weeks, it's been all Brewers all the time. So let's get into a football mood. Uh, speaking of football, and if anybody has any thoughts before we close the show about this on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line, 608-796-2558. Uh, we already had somebody chime in about the big Sparta win on Friday. We had some local teams who uh, were underdogs and, and went out and took care of business uh, on the road this past weekend, including Lacrosse Central, who took down Oregon 26-23. to I was at that game in South Madison with Drew Kelly. We broadcasted that game. And you know what, Central fans? Uh, or if you're just a, maybe you're not a Central fan, but you want to catch catch yourself up on the game, for lack of a better term, you can always go to WKTYsports.com, and we have the replay of the video stream right there. I was checking it out this morning, uh, looking at some bits and pieces. Look, Johnny Davis is a player, and that offense for Central, it was really fun to watch. Because normally in high school, uh, especially the stronger programs year in and year out, they they emphasize running the football, playing tough in the trenches. And, and look, Central can do that as well, but it's, it's few and far between to see a team who's a past-first team uh, in high school football, and Johnny Davis was a beast. Jordan Davis caught some passes, uh, and and look, this was just a fun team to watch. They were down 10 points at halftime, come back to score 21. They score three touchdowns in the second half to come back and beat Oregon on the road. Look, number one thing uh, as well that I took away from this game, look, you Madison football fans, that was embarrassing. There was nobody at that game. They were quiet. I don't know if they stood up the entire game. And it was a beautiful, it was a warm fall night, relatively, compared to some nights that we've seen uh, the last couple of weeks. It was a beautiful night for football on Friday night. And Oregon, I'm sorry, but you were underwhelming. With 15 minutes to go, the stands were less than halfway full for a playoff game. So Central, make sure, uh, and we'll talk about the matchups yet to come, that you show out and you show up big time uh, as this team continues their playoff run. I think they got... Uh, I don't know if they got respect from the seeding meeting. They they had them at a six seed, forced them to go on the road, even though they finished the season really strong with some impressive wins. Uh, Logan falling to New Richmond 20-14 to on Friday night. Sparta was one of the huge surprise games. Go all the way up to Ashland. That's impressive just in and of itself. But they take it to Ashland 36-8. to And when I heard that score, we were driving back. What? Because I watched Sparta play this year. I don't think anybody expected that. Going on the road as an underdog and just taking it to Ashland. And they'll... Oh, I'll let you know here in just a minute. We'll run down some more scores. DeForest beat Holman. So Holman and their impressive season comes to an end. I'm, I'm not entirely surprised. Like I said a couple times about Holman, they do a lot of things very good, but they didn't do one thing amazing. And, and when you don't have that one thing to lean on, yeah, they run the ball well and they play good, tough, disciplined defense, but they didn't have one player. I liked Kevin Cable. I liked what he offered to that offense, but... In terms of, uh, excuse me, in terms of leaning on one thing for your identity, I think Holman was just a pretty good all-around team, unlike Central, who has some players that they can really lean on. Uh, on Alaska takes it to Medford, 49-14. to They travel to Rice Lake next week. Westby continues their dominance. Baldwin-Woodville beating West Salem in a low-scoring affair. Somerset took it to GET. Uh, Melrose-Mendora losing to Darlington. And Oliva Strum beating up on DeSoto. So coming up this Friday night, uh, we have a couple of really good games. Central is going to be at Monona Grove. That game is going to be here on WKTY. You can also see it and hear it. WK2iSports.com. Thanks to Firefighters Credit Union and Designing Jewelers, our sponsors, who have been bringing us not only radio broadcasts, but live video streams of games each and every week. And like I said, if you want to see some some highlights and some replays from last week's Central game, you can watch the entire game and the commentary in its entirety uh, at WK2iSports.com. Just click on the video tab. They're all right there. Uh, on Alaska is going to go up north to my, uh, my neck of the woods to Rice Lake up in the Big Rivers. Uh, a football powerhouse up there in Rice Lake. Good luck to the On Alaska team. 
uh, because it's going to be tough up there. Sparta now visits New Richmond. Elk Mound will come to Westby, see if they can continue their dominance. The uh, the Norsemen and Oliva Strum will be at Bangor. So that's what you can expect coming up this Friday night. As always, you can hear the Flipside Football Finale with Matt Scrady on Friday night, and he'll get you filled on on everything that's going on. But uh, some surprise wins from not only Central, but uh, Sparta and on Alaska. We'll see if they can continue that play. Not so much a surprise for on Alaska, but, uh, but we'll continue to see what they can do in the coming weeks. Remember to be tuning in on WK2Y this Friday night for the Lacrosse Central game. Thanks to Firefighters Credit Union and Designing Jewelers. Good show today. Back into the normal swing of things tomorrow. Same time, same place. I'll talk to you then. Thank you.